Monday, January 7, 2019. This is Born to Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. I actually had to record that a couple times because I kept on saying 2018 on the date. That is incorrect. We are in 2019. The new year is upon us. So everybody had a fun and safe holiday season. We are back here at Born to Battle. This week is going to be all SVA-focused content. Student Veterans of America, they just wrapped up their national conference in Orlando where they hosted more than 2,300 student veterans and stakeholders at their national conference that they hold each year and uh, it was amazing. So much inspiration and motivation in the room. Uh, I should I say in the room. There were plenty of rooms in the in the building. I should say uh, I met with a lot of student veterans, and man, veterans are doing amazing things in higher education. I met with all ten student veteran of the year finalists. We'll hear from them later on in the week, and got an opportunity to sit down with the student veteran of the year winner who you'll hear from on Friday. So this is how the week's going to go. Today, we're going to hear from Jared Lyon, who's a president of SVA. He's a Navy veteran. You've probably heard him here on the podcast before because this will be his fourth appearance. But I love sitting down with Jared at NatCon because Jared has what they call the NatCon high. And I like to get that fresh feeling of inspiration and excitement that he has uh, about student veterans and the success they're having. And then tomorrow... Wednesday, Thursday are going to be episodes with two to three student veterans, little roundtables that we recorded. They were the finalists for Student Veteran of the Year. And then on Friday, we'll hear from Alexandria Sawin, who was who won the uh, accolade of Student Veteran of the Year. And she is uh, just as inspiring as the rest of them. So that is how the week looks. We start with Jared Lyon, president of SVA, recorded at NatCon 2019. Uh, we talk about what it means to be for SVA to be left of bang. He tells us about the amazing group of Student Veteran of the Year finalists and what SVA's priorities are going into 2019. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. Jerry, no, no introductions needed. This is your third. No, this this is your fourth. So you've been on the podcast three times before. This is your wow. fourth uh, appearance. Uh, the first time you were on, we were at SVA uh, headquarters. Second time you were on was uh, in San Antonio last year at the at the at NatCon. Third time you were at the roundtable we did at oh, George, wow, Mason. Right, George Mason. Yep. Um, and so when pe- when they asked me uh, who I wanted to do an interview with, I said, Hey, if Jared's available. Because I know your I know your schedule is busy. When if, if Jared's available, I like to because I like NatCon High, Jared. Right on. Because I know I know even though as exhausted as you may be, you still have that energy from from being here. Um, so the the thing I want to talk about first is in your state of Student Veterans of America this morning, you talked about a concept of being left of bang. Yeah. And I think it, if for, 
I believe that's a new concept being brought forward from SVA. It is. As far as part of what your mission is. What does it mean for SVA and for, and for the veterans they represent to be left of bang? Yeah, so if we think of left of bang as it pertains to the military, it's this idea of like close quarters combat. Um, it's been used by the Marine Corps, law enforcement, and others. But it's about situational awareness. It's about like being attuned to your surroundings. And, and essentially, what can you do in advance of a bang? A, a bang, for instance, being the, the point of violence, uh, the firing of a gun, the, the, the bomb explosion. That's the bang. And so being left of bang is, um, you know, what can you do before that? Anything to the right of bang is after the point of uh, impact or violence. And that would essentially cause you to be reactive. So what can you do to be proactive as it pertains to survivability and preventing the bad thing from happening? And so as we look at that concept, one that a lot of us that have served in uniform um, have a familiarity with, we kind of start looking at it as you know, what is this differentiating idea of, you know, groups of student veterans who are all recently transitioned out of the military, are now using their VA educational benefits on a college campus, kind of getting together and, and, and being there for each other. These are chapters where individuals are forming lifelong friendships. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, they're a result of marriages. Uh, I, I recently, um, uh, for for their own privacy because it's not Facebook official yet. Uh, but I, I recently was just shared with an amazing story of uh, of two chapter leaders who met each other uh, in their chapter, uh, became uh, a couple that then got married and they just found out they were pregnant. So uh, I mean we're producing children out of SVA <laughs> chapters. But but if you think how to find about love it, at your local campus, right? SVA chapters. Right. But yeah. that's I mean isn't that the beauty of a network? Like I mean it enriches our lives in so many different ways. And this concept of being left of bang or left of the point of impact is we hear a lot about in the veteran community the challenges that veterans face when they separate from active duty. I'd never stand before you, Tim, uh, and purport that our generation isn't without its challenges. But on the whole, on the balance, what we see at SVA through aggregated data, uh, through the amalgamation of 1,500 plus chapters in all 50 states, four countries overseas, are veterans not only you know succeeding but thriving in their yeah. post-military lives and you start thinking about the value of a group of student veterans getting together on a college campus they are quite literally being proactive because of their efforts they're never going to see the bang happen and if the bang does happen they're going to be there to respond to it in very quick fashion. Um, so one of the strengths, uh, I think, of our national chapter network is this notion that we are a proactive and preventative organization from anything negative happening uh, in one's post-military life. But even beyond that, we're creating the platform where veterans can thrive and go on to live incredibly successful lives immediately after they've gotten out and certainly after they've graduated degree in hand, gone on to successful careers and awesome civilian lives that might result in marriage and children and all these other great things. Yeah, absolutely. So NatCon holds a special place in my heart because I've done, I've, I've spoken here multiple times. Uh, the I can trace the job I'm in right now all the way back to NatCon 2016. Wow. Um, That's cool, Tim. Yeah, it is That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I bring it up every time I'm here. I was like, I, every time I meet people, I like, take, take this endeavor seriously because no doubt. like you, without even knowing it, you can start your career here. 
you it, know, and it, it doesn't, and you hear you hundreds, have, thousands of those stories yeah, at this point. And it's amazing. And I didn't have to go to a recruiting booth or anything. It was just, I talked to enough people and the right person heard what I needed. Yep. Right? It could be a conversation over lunch, uh, over a beer at the bar, uh, or just sort of walking in between breakout sessions. You yep. know what I mean? Like those conversations happen here at NatCon. So, um, Tell me, like, when, when you guys are planning and executing a NatCon, um, obviously chapter development's key, professional development's key, but as you continue to try to improve NatCon and NatCon, you said you have a 30% increase of attendees this year. We That's did. unreal. It's crazy. There's, there's event planners out there that are, that are green with envy on that no sort doubt. of growth. Um, what sort of, like, going into, this, going into this one specifically, what were you hoping to improve based off of last year to make the experience that much better for the, the student? It's a great question, and the easiest way that I can answer is we were looking to improve our conference based on user feedback, based on customer feedback, based on the feedback of student veterans like yourself that have been attending since 2016 or even all the way back to the first ever NatCon in 2008. Um, so we aggressively survey the population uh, that attends NatCon to try to learn from them. And we learned a couple of things. Uh, first is that student veterans, when they attend uh, SVA's National Conference, NatCon for short, uh, they're looking for the opportunity to connect with each other more. Um, so we looked at our brain breakout sessions and we looked at our general sessions, time that we have organized programming. And we said, how can we enrich that and maybe reduce the general sessions so that there's you know three or four versus five or six to create a little bit more breathing room in the schedule for those organic networking connections that can yeah. happen. But then also, how do we make sure that we reach um, equilibrium as it pertains to our breakout session offerings? Uh, that journey started almost three years ago when we made the understanding that to get to where we're responding to the unique needs and interests of our community of student veterans, we were going to need 96 breakout sessions over a three and a half day period. Um, <laughs> Three years ago, that sounded bonkers, right? Yeah. Like that was like, that is a big undertaking. Uh, but we relied on the community to do it through a competitive request for proposal process or an RFP process, right? And so over the past three years, we've really gotten good at reaching out to the community as it pertains to the breakout sessions to over our six tracks of offerings that we're bringing in cutting and leading edge research, uh, leading in best practices to running a successful student organization, having conversations about student success, um, and all of the unique uh, areas of interest to running a successful and sustainable student organization that is oriented towards the military and military connected community of student veterans throughout the country. Um, and that process has really driven a big amount of the change for us. I'd say in addition, uh, you're always looking for more food. Uh, so we're getting uh, much better on the food quality. We're really <laughs> grateful to our, our, our hosts here at, uh, at the uh, Walt Disney World Coronado Springs. Um, amazing staff helping to make that happen. And then I'd say the last area is making sure that our, our pricing is competitive. Uh, yeah. A lot of the programs and services that SVA offers are at no cost to student veterans. NatCon isn't one of them, uh, which means that our chapter leaders have to make some hard decisions back on campus. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of our high-performing chapters have over 30 student veterans here yeah. from one school at NatCon. Some can only afford to send two or three. And so how do we keep our pricing structure competitive? Um, the way we do it is 
we subsidize the cost of a NatCon ticket uh, through the amazing generosity of corporations, foundations, um, and other nonprofits that come here uh, that want to have the opportunity to, whether it's cultivate talent pipelines, uh, engage in corporate social responsibility, or just share the good work that they're doing, whether it's the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, who is wicked well uh, represented down on the SVA campus, That's which right. is what we call our exhibitor space, um, or, or other amazing uh, nonprofit organizations like Team Rubicon and Team Red, White, and Blue, and the Mission Continues, and Travis Mannion Foundation, and Service to School, and Warrior Scholar Project, and a slew of others. Um, they pay to come to NatCon, and it helps us keep our prices low enough um, that it's not too much of a burden for student veterans to travel to have this experience. And year-over-year -year growth, 30% increase over last year to this year, um, is overwhelming, right? Yeah. And uh, as we start looking forward for NatCon, this is our 11th annual NatCon, if Crazy. you can believe it. Um, you know, we're starting to look to what the future looks like, which yeah. is probably an even bigger event. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, over the course of the weekend, I'll have an opportunity to speak to the 10 finalists for Student Veterans of the Year. Amazing uh, human like, beings. Yeah, I did it last year, and the class of 2018, if we'll if that will call it, sure. were, were super impressive. Uh, Kirsten Batachio, Randy Dexter, just to name a few really inspiring people. Um, this year, I haven't met any of them yet, but I'm curious if you could summarize sort of um, so a couple a couple things that make this class either unique or inspiring. What maybe what's a common theme that you've seen across student veterans that were competitive for such an accolade? Uh, what are you seeing out of this class of, of student veterans? Yeah, when you look across the network, 1,528 active chapters right now. Um, across all 50 states, four countries overseas, that, that makes Student Veterans of America the, the largest chapter-based student organization in the country um, by a lot. And when you start thinking of the accolade or the honor of Student Veteran of the Year, it's the highest individual honor that our organization can bestow. Um, and a few years ago, we started to, um, we've always had finalists, but we weren't as it didn't make sense to us to publicize that, but then we sort of were like, well, hey, we always wind up with our 10 finalists. They yeah. go through a gauntlet for a selection process. Why not tell everyone who they are? Because I think when you look at these women and men who are represent representative of the nationwide network of veterans in college, um, they're remarkable. Um, as, as far as like pulling out a theme, it's it's challenging other than like, I, I can't, you always think last year was amazing. How are we yeah. going to up our game? And then you just do the process again and you up your game because yeah. student veterans are just day by day getting stronger, more adept to higher education and they're crushing it. And our ability um, to highlight the good work that each of them are doing is inspiring. I mean, we have five women, five men. It's it's amazing when the process works out that way. Uh, but that's representative of who SVA is. Nearly 50% of our chapter leadership are women veterans. That's amazing. Which overrepresents uh, yeah. when you look at a lot of other veteran organizations out there. Um, you, you've got a good mixing of community college, four-year programs, graduate students. There's a doctoral student in the mix, um, a, a few uh, MBAs and, and other graduate degrees. Uh, bachelor's and associate's degree level folks that are there. Um, you, you see an ethnic and racial diversity that is on par with what we see in the enriched diversity that exists within our veteran community. And you just see individuals that are not only leading in their SVA chapter, because the award acknowledges what you have done to this point in your academic career, uh, but all 10 of our finalists are, are really, um, you know, 
a, a peek into the future yeah. of how badass student veterans are when they graduate. Absolutely. I mean, these are the high potential individuals that to your point, when you sort of make mention of the class of 2018, these are the folks to watch. Yeah. They really are because they did great things while they were in school uh, with their SVA chapter, but they enriched their campus communities and their communities beyond campus. Um, and they're gonna continue to do it, whether in career or in volunteer opportunities uh, for life. So, you know, though we'll only award one of the 10 finalists with the coveted Student Veteran of the Year Award, um, keep your eye on all 10 of them yeah. because these are the individuals that we'll be talking about throughout the rest of 2019 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, last year, Chris Rolfe went on to a uh, great career. He's a Raytheon, is that right? No, he's he Accenture. Accenture. Accenture, so, that's right. You know, Chris is a, is, a, is a good example of, to the point that you made about just finding these great opportunities, man. Like, it's starting to happen where student veterans that get involved, that show up, that enrich their network through each other, through other students on campus, through faculty, through staff, through companies, that they wind up being seen for who they are, which yeah. are straight up badasses. They're yeah. doing awesome. And the net result is not graduating and wondering what my next step is, but graduating and being like, which of these handful of job offers do I accept? Exactly. You know, which way do I see my career going? Um, and Chris is no exception, had a handful of different job offers. Um, and when he was named Student Vendor of the Year, I, you know, we wound up having a lot of great phone conversations and in-person awesome. conversations. He's now engaged uh, to, uh, to a lovely young lady. So, I, I mean, I, you know, I feel like I'm rambling about like my favorite amazing people, like, yeah. but you know. But I'm, I think, you know, the, and the reason why I bring them up is and why I seek to talk to them while I'm here is, you know, they are student veterans, right? Yeah. And I think that um, one of my, I mentioned this in my, my breakout session yesterday, one of the the reason I enjoy doing these podcast these interviews and why I like talking to veterans and spotlighting and showing this your service that's great that's it's it's really yep. great to recognize and honor your service and, and call back on it your transition that story is important because it's something we all go through and the more we can learn from each other the better but uh, Jared I can't tell you how many times I tell people all the things that I've done in my life up until now and you if anybody knows that I have an impressive resume starting at the end of my military you career till now yeah. and people will still oh you're in the military thank you for your service and I was like did you not just hear all the other things I listed on like I, I appreciate the the thanks but I think it's important for us to emphasize it's, we honor them and we recognize them for their military service but we're trying to show how veterans are, are, are having a post-military life that is that is in a, in a lot of ways rivaling their, their like like it almost not outshining but competing with their military service as far as how much impact they can have in their community and how much impact they can have in their own personal lives and so I like talking to these finalists because they're such a great example of succeeding in higher education and going on to become just amazing people in society who have the who have the the, the privilege to call themselves a veteran well and I think to 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 this exact sentiment, words matter, right? Yeah. Like we say student veteran for a reason. I can recall 10 years ago in this work, uh, far too often you'd hear veteran student. And a veteran student to me connotes the notion of, you know, a Tommy boy or Van Wilder of sorts who's, yeah. you know, rounding the corner on the 18th year of their undergraduate yeah. hoping to maybe get a degree. You know, a student veteran is exactly to your point. The thing that's most important in their identity is right now they are a student. They're also a veteran. They might be a mom. Yeah. They're also a cousin or a brother or a sister. They're all these other things. But a student veteran 
conjures up the idea of who they are. They're scholars right now. Maybe they used to be warriors, but they're scholars right now. And because they're student veterans, they're bringing both ideas to the table. There's this notion, it's often misattributed to Thucydides, I'm sure you've heard me say it a million times, but it's the nation that makes a great distinction between its scholars and its warriors, will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. These warrior scholars, these student veterans are individuals that are bringing both things to the table and then will go on to lead as a result of graduating. And when you think about that, we're really no different than like the NCAA, for instance right where they put a strong emphasis on the notion of student athlete because people had so many of these ideas that they were only athletes who happened to be students so they focused on that when in fact you are a student first and then all these other things an athlete a veteran a mom anything else right so leading with student is so important because of the phase in life that you're in but I think more importantly where you're going post-graduation yeah it is about transitioning. And you'll be a veteran for life, you're a student veteran for life, and it's just, it, it's exciting to see that now people, I mean the colloquialism, the accepted term, is student veteran, and that just warms my heart because you know we're leading with the thing that matters in higher education, that we're here to be students. We're not only high potential, but we're going to do really well in the classroom. We're gonna get better GPAs than our civilian counterparts, higher graduation rates than those that have never served in the military. When we graduate, we earn more, and we're more, we're more likely to be employed. Like These are all amazing things, and on the balance, our generation is thriving. And I think it's through the transformative power of higher education that that is extremely evident. Yeah, absolutely. Briefly tell me about, if you had to look back at 2018, you were on an elevator from the first floor to the 33rd floor of a hotel. You were on the elevator with someone who, and you had you had just that amount of time to tell them about a big win that SVA had in 2018. Wow, big win that SVA had in 2018. I'd, I'd say that, uh, that we're starting to shift the conversation in higher education away from the notion that veterans are, you know, I hear it a lot, Tim. People look at me and go, oh, well, gee golly, thanks for your service. But let's be honest, if you were smart enough to get into college, how'd you ever wind up in the military? And, and I don't think that that is, is a nefarious or, or bad thing that somebody's saying. It's, it's frankly just an ignorant assumption, right? Yeah. And higher education is shifting away from the notion that we weren't smart enough to get into college, that's how we wound up in the military, but instead that we've taken this extended gap year of sorts, served our country, earned the ability through a generous VA taxpayer-funded benefit to not graduate college with a bunch of debt, and then earn our educations. And so higher education is starting to truly look at this population as high potential and not high risk. And I'd say to me, that's one of the biggest wins because when the best schools in America are hungry for this high potential student talent to come and enrich their classrooms and campus communities, that's when we really start moving the needle of making sure that veterans transition successfully from the military into some of the best college and university campuses in the country, majoring in something that matters and leads to great career and life outcomes. Yeah. Um, I served with plenty of people who had a who had their bachelor's degree, still decided to enlist yeah. and not commission, and then got out and pursued higher edu- pursued graduate degree and stuff like that. So um, yeah, the, the the ignorance that that you know uh, that 
military came first because you couldn't do college is, is, uh, well, is unfortunate. Well, but. Totally neglecting the notion, too, that our entire officer corps went to college and then, <laughs> sure. you know, then joined yeah. the military, right? right? But yeah. Yeah. Um, so finally, um, tell, me, tell me about if you had to name one priority, singular priority for SVA in 2019, what are you guys looking to accomplish? It, 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 it is tough because it's twofold for me, but they, they, they are joined. So okay. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, right, I'll both. give it to you. I'll give it to you. Uh, so, so, so the first is, is just making sure that we can do everything humanly possible to well represent the voice of this generation of student veterans as it pertains to the implementation of forever GI bill. And the VA is making great strides in ensuring uh, that they're a partner in that work uh, to make sure uh, that the bill is implemented um, in the way that best benefits students. And that reduces the amount of stress that veterans have in college so that they can focus on the camaraderie and proactive abilities to run strong and successful SVA chapters. And that's why we're really focusing on our chapter programming um, and supportive elements to the organization. Okay. I is like that, that fair? Is that, is that a, a twofer? Nope, that's fair. I'll, I'll give it to you. Cool. Yeah, because that, that's the priority with the, uh, with the uh, what's, what's the right word I'm looking for? Uh, I've been trying to, I've been, I've been, I've been so word selective this week and I'm starting to burn myself out on it. Like I was drafting tweets last night. Like, is this the better word or is that the better word? Um, but that's, that's the, that's the positive consequence of being able to, and consequence isn't the right word for there. Outcome. Outcome. There we go. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Perfect. Uh, Jared Lyon, I know you and I will talk at least one more time before the year's over. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And thank you so much for inviting me once again to SVA's national conference. Dude, thank you for coming because I, I mean, I, I travel a lot and as I go around, I, I, I very frequently hear from folks that I've not yet had the chance to meet. Oh, Hey, I caught your, uh, your podcast. Uh, Tim did a great (laughs) job and I listened to the whole thing. And so I'm here to have a conversation and it's, it's so interesting to me how often I receive that feedback. So Anyone listening, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or any other social media platforms that you might be into because I I absolutely love having those conversations with folks about student veteran success. My grandfather served in World War II. Spending time with him were the best memories of my life. I became a physician at VA because of my grandfather, so I can help others like him. I can't imagine working with better doctors or a more dedicated staff. I'm fulfilling my life's mission with the help of my team and thanks to these veterans. I'm proud to be a doctor at VA and proud to honor my grandfather every day. Search VA Careers to find out more. Big thanks to Jared for joining me, uh, for taking the time to sit down and talk. He is very sought out in those three to four days at NatCon, so uh, I'm always grateful when he takes a little time out of his busy schedule to sit down and talk with us, because uh, I like to hear about uh, what's going on. I want to hear it straight from him, of course, you know what I mean? Um, if you're interested in Student Veterans of America, you can go to studentveterans.org. They are on social media, at Student Vets, uh, and they are a great chapter, they're a great organization to be connected with, especially if you are in an area, maybe a more rural area, and there is a student veteran chapter at your local university, uh, reach out to them and see how you can how you can uh, support them because uh, student veteran chapters are always looking for support and connections, collaborations, whatever it may be. Uh, and I know they'd be uh, I know they'd be flattered to hear that a member of their community is looking to support them. Today's Medal of Honor citation reading, we'll do one today and then we'll do one Friday. 
Today's Medal of Honor citation reading is Sergeant Ryan M. Pitts. I chose him because he he provided a keynote uh, at uh, at NatCon that was appropriate to uh, include his uh, citation reading here. Service as U.S. Army, Division, 2nd Battalion, 503rd Infantry, 173rd Airborne Brigade, Conflict, War, and Terror in Afghanistan. Year of Honor is 2008. Citation reads, Sergeant Ryan M. Pitts distinguished himself by extraordinary acts of heroism at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a forward observer in 2nd Platoon Chosen Company, 2nd Battalion Airborne, 503rd Infantry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade during combat operations against an armed enemy at Vehicle Patrol Base Collar in the vicinity of Wanat Village, Kunar Province, Afghanistan on July 13, 2008. Early that morning, while Sergeant Pitts was providing perimeter security at Observation Post Topside, a well-organized anti-Afghan force consisting of over 200 members initiated a close proximity, sustained, and complex assault using accurate and intense rocket-propelled grenade, machine gun, and small arms fire on Wanat Vehicle Patrol Base. An immediate wave of rocket-propelled grenade rounds engulfed the Observation Post, wounding Sergeant Pitts and inflicting heavy casualties. Sergeant Pitts had been knocked to the ground and was bleeding heavily from shrapnel wounds to his arm and legs. But with incredible toughness and resolve, he subsequently took control of the observation post and returned fire on the enemy. As the enemy drew near, Sergeant Pitts threw grenades, holding them after the pin was pulled and the safety lever was released to allow nearly immediate detonation on the hostile forces. Unable to stand on his own and near death because of the severity of his wounds and blood loss, Sergeant Pitts continued to lay suppressive fire until a two-man reinforcement team arrived. Sergeant Pitts quickly assisted them by giving up his main weapon and gathering ammunition while continually lobbing fragmentary grenades until these were expended. At this point, Sergeant Pitts crawled to the northern position radio and described the situation to the command post as the enemy continued to try and isolate the observation post from the main patrol base. With the enemy close enough for him to hear their voices and with total disregard for his own life, Sergeant Pitts whispered in the radio situation reports and conveyed information that the command post used to provide indirect fire support. Sergeant Pitts' courage, steadfast commitment to the defense of his unit, and ability to fight while seriously wounded prevented the enemy from overturning the observation post and capturing fallen American soldiers, and ultimately prevented the enemy from gaining fortified positions on higher ground from which to attack the Wanot Vehicle Patrol Base. Sergeant Ryan M. Pitts' extraordinary heroism and selflessness above and beyond the call of duty are in keeping with the highest traditions of the military service and reflect great credit upon himself. Company C, 2nd Battalion Airborne, 503rd Infantry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade, and the United States Army. We honor his service. That does it for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We'll be back tomorrow speaking with a few Student Veterans of the Year finalists. Be sure to follow us on social media at DEPT Vet Affairs on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Veterans Affairs on Facebook. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing up. For-